So good to be here in church this morning. I want to welcome you if you're visiting here with us today and thank you so much for taking the time to come to church. If you're watching us on the live stream, welcome to you as well and pray that uh, God will reach you right where you are. Before I start preaching today, I want to pray uh, and that is because it's so easy to miss something spiritual because we uh, analyze things mentally or um, psychologically in our, in our mind and uh, what, what God wants to do is speak to our spirit. So often we can have things touch us in our intellect, we can have things touch us in our heart, which is our emotions, but God wants to go a little bit deeper in our lives you know, every day and that is to, to reach us at our spiritual level. So we're going to just pray in a moment and, and just be opening ourselves saying, Jesus, will you minister to me at the spirit level, the deep level, the, the place where... Um, I come alive in a whole new way. Who loves those new songs? Oh, fantastic. Love those, those songs. So why don't we just bow our heads this mo- in a moment. I'll just pray. Lord Jesus, we just ask today that your Holy Spirit may begin to speak to us. Um, you know, use our intellect, Lord God. Use our emotions. But Father, we really pray that we, uh, and we allow you to go a little bit deeper into our spirit today and touch us in that place where it can change everything from the inside out. So we just thank you for that this morning and believe in the mighty name of Jesus that you are wanting to do something new and fresh in us, in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's uh, Kimberly's birthday today. Let's give Kimberly a hand. <clears throat> just want to honour Kimberly for all that she does in the life of the church. She's a, um, a faithful servant of the house of God and we just really appreciate her uh, in our church and just want to bless her and give her a Great birthday. So uh, someone borrow a coffee after church. I'll give you a packet of free biscuits. But make sure you share me the birthday cake. So we're going to be... Um, oh, just before I go on, there's quite a lot of families in the church who, are, who have COVID in the household. So I want you to be aware of that and be praying for them. But um, also just beware to cooperate in, in church with the COVID stuff because uh, the, the rules, whether we like them or not, are there to try and... Uh, prevent it from spreading around you know, easily. So it is everywhere at the moment. So just be aware of that and uh, you know, just ask that you cooperate when you're at church to do the right thing in that space, that's all. So I'm not here to debate whether it's real or whether it's not or whether it's severe or whether it's not, just that we still are in the, uh, uh, the, the, the motions of uh, complying with the rules. So I just ask that you do that. Um, so yesterday we had a wedding here and um, we had... Uh, uh, Headley and Vanessa's wedding. Uh, so much has happened between then and now. It's like amazing. But uh, we had a, a beautiful wedding here yesterday and uh, it was so good to be part of that. just want to thank all those people who helped make it happen. So many people from the church came and helped set up for them because we completely rearranged the church and then had to deconstruct everything. And uh, so it was so good to have a church family that got in to help them to uh, create a beautiful wedding for them. So if that was you here today, just want to say a great big thank you. We appreciate it. They appreciate it. And it was so good to be part of a church that helps one another like that. So fantastic. <clears throat> so we better get into the word, hey? I've titled my message today, All Dressed Up and Somewhere to Go. So we've heard the saying, if you see someone all dressed up, suit and tie, you'd say, oh, you're all, dre- all dressed up with nowhere to go. Well, today I'm talking about all dressed up with somewhere to go, and it's a continuation of our end time series. So um, I have been talking uh, on the end times and what to expect and what it will be, will, what it will be like, 
And uh, today's just, a, 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 I guess, a progression of that. But what I want us to be looking at is time and eternity. So hopefully it makes sense to you this morning and we have a lot of fun along the way because I think you learn better when you're laughing. That's my thing. <laughs> anyway, hopefully, hopefully that happens. But for those of you who've, who have read the Bible or studied it for a long time, uh, you would know the uniqueness of the book, of the Bible. From, uh, it starts with the origin of the earth, where this all started, but it also takes us right through and uh, describes what it's going to be like at the end of the earth, at the end of time. So it's a really important thing. That the fact that I want you to um, start to think about is time. That's really important that we understand this message is, is time. So humans, people, us, the world is in a strange context um, in an ex- eternal orbit. So I think that's a great way to describe eternity. It's like an orbit. Um, our world has a beginning and an ending, yet we exist in a greater spiritual realm beyond time. And what I think, what, what we live in, what we understand is, is time is like a line. It's a lineal progression. And it's very hard for us as human beings to understand uh, living or existing without time. But that's what eternity is. So hopefully I can do it justice today in, in my explanations and delving into the scriptures. So we're going to look at a lot of scriptures today and try and understand the difference between the, the context which, which with we live, not good English just there, but the context in where we live and the context of eternity. So we live in the confines of time. Eternity is not confined by time. So um, we live. Uh, the, the eternity is a spiritual realm beyond time. So um, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, a great book of wisdom in the Bible. It says this in the New Living Translation, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. I want to just to remind you or encourage you today, if you're going through some hard time, maybe you're going through some things you're rebuilding or there's, there's uh, things that, that haven't turned out how you thought they should, I'm here to tell you today, this morning, that God has made everything beautiful for its time. There will be a time where those things that you think are burnt ashes will be made beautiful again in your life. I want to encourage you for that if you need to hear that today. But I love this next part. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. We're talking about eternity. But it says God has put eternity in our hearts. There's a yearning, there's a, a desire, there's, there's a somehow a deep understanding that time isn't everything to our existence. So it's almost impossible for our thinking to imagine eternal things. See, the earth exists in a timeline. Eternity has no boundary. That's, a, that's a, the kind of a concept that we will find very hard to, to, to grasp hold of. But try and understand this. God is in eternity before earth or people. And it's not a line. See, we think, well, yeah, eternity was a line. And I know some people have tried to describe eternity with a big rope and they top, put a little, little string or something on one end and say, that's time and this is eternity. That doesn't even come anywhere near it. Because I think 
eternity is not like, it's not like time is in lines. Eternity is just everything. Has no beginning or ending. Who's already thinking, woo? This is not spooky preaching, but it's, but it's, it's spiritual concepts that we can't, we can't absorb by our natural perspective. But I'm excited by it. Now, Revelation 4 verse 8. This is the, 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 these angelic beings in heaven. Now, an angel isn't a, a chubby little baby with a nappy and a, and a bow and arrow. It's a little cherub angel. Angels are the incredible, powerful beings that are heavenly, that, that are majestic and mighty and powerful and um, just incredible in their presence. And it says in heaven that these, that these angels fly around the throne of God that isn't like you know, a, a little chair. It's just an amazing thing um, that we can't describe. But it says they fly around, they fly around God singing this song, it's, and, and I can't do the song justice no matter how good I can sing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, the God Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. So the, there's elements here of, of, of time and eternity. So yesteryears, now and the future, are fragments of eternity. The end and the beginning and the middle all overlap. That's what eternity is. So who was, who is, and who is still to come, it's, it's, it's an eternal concept. Uh, the end, the now, the beginning, all overlap. It's a radius of always being. And I think that's the best way to describe eternal things. It's a radius. It's, it's like a, it, it's, it's a, an all-encompassing thing. And I, I don't even want to say a sphere or a ball or, or a circle because it, it just goes outside of all those things. So we, we really have a struggle to comprehend in our, in our earthly minds. But yesteryears, now and the future, are fragments of eternity. But Jesus is the one who always was. He's the being that was always one with God. He's always been, and he always will be, and he always is now. And that's what, what the angels were, were worshipping and giving glory for. Isaiah 43, verse 13, it tells us, from eternity to eternity, I am God. The high and lofty one who lives in eternity. He lives in eternity. So I want to make it totally clear as we continue on our end times series uh, and waiting and believing for the return of Jesus, we are not expecting a reincarnated Jesus. So some people might think, well, Jesus is going to come back. He'll be a reincarnation of Jesus. Well, Jesus said there'll be many who claim to be me. There'll be many false messiahs who, who come and claim to be me. Um, next slide there, please. Um, uh, next one. It says, many false prophets and false messiahs will come to deceive. Now, I want to tell you today, our hope is not in a, in a man saying that they are Jesus. Matthew 24, 24 and Mark 13, 22. False prophets, false messiahs will come to deceive people. What I think is so sad about this is that there are people who will believe and put their trust in somebody who say, I am Jesus. I'm a reincarnated Jesus. 
And I'll tell you, if you read your Bible, you'll realize that's impossible, that they are not. They're, they're a deceiver. They are, they are mistruth, and they are not representing God at all. They are not Jesus. So right now in the world today, I did some Google research. Um, there are people in India. There's more, multiple, more than one, in, who, who say they're Jesus. India, Australia, the UK, the US, Korea, Japan, Nigeria, Ethiopia, Mexico, Brazil, Malaysia, Russia, Philippines, and many more countries because I got sick of writing them down. All around the world have people claiming to be Jesus who is reincarnated and they, they create a commune where they say, oh, come and live in my compound and I'll teach you the deeper truths about God because I am Jesus reincarnated again. We are not waiting for a Jesus who is reincarnated. We are waiting for a glorious, eternal, powerful spiritual being who will return to earth in great power and everyone will know that it is Jesus, the King of Kings, the God, the, 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 the Prince of Glory, returning for his church. That's what we're waiting for. And I want you to be a wise people because I know there are people from churches who would be deceived by a person who say, I'm Jesus. The scariest part is they say, we're going to live in a compound isolate you from everyone else in the world and we're just a, we're the special ones and we'll, we'll arm ourselves with lots of guns and all things like that sort of all goes together the other thing be careful i didn't say this in first other thing be careful is they want to have sex with all the women this this special jesus person you know that's a you know i just think how on earth could they use the scripture and twist it to become that unbelievable but we need to be wise as as uh, men and women of God, called and washed by the blood of Jesus, that we know, no, that is not the, that is not the, the Jesus we are waiting for. So our hope and faith in Jesus is greater than living in a commune with a man claiming to be a reincarnated Jesus. So um, I think they should have a, a Jesus convention and get them all together. And they can debate it all uh, among themselves and, tell, and, and, and figure out which one of them is the return Jesus. Because it doesn't make any sense to me. So the Jesus we're expecting is the holy, 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 eternal Jesus. And he doesn't live in a commune, by the way. He's the Jesus that, that the angels came down, Acts 1 verse 11, and said to the disciples who were watching Jesus ascend to heaven when he was completed his earthly journey and had been uh, crucified on the cross, raised, rose from the dead, spent time with the disciples before returning to heaven and, and he, he goes up, Acts 1.11, goes up back into the clouds and it says as the disciples were straining to see the last glimpses of Jesus, angels appeared and said, why are you staring into heaven? This Jesus who you have seen um, you know, go back to heaven will return just as you saw him go. So um, let, let's look at it again in... Um, Luke chapter 17, verse 24, this is Jesus describing it himself. He says, For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other, so it will be on the day when the Son of Man comes. It will be obvious to everyone when Jesus returns. But I want to tell you something. The level of rebellion and demonic-inspired defiance against God, people will refuse to accept him and rather join in a rebellious war against the King of Kings here on earth. I won't go through all the scriptures of it today, but um, what we see is in, in the end times, it says, and the timeline is not 
you know, a, a chronological order in the book of Revelation. I think there's things that I wish I could get them in the right chronolo chronological order. See, English is not my first language. <clears throat> but they, they have, they talk about angels getting Satan, the, 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 the deceiver, the lion, that says they chained him and they threw him into the bottomless pit for a thousand years and Jesus will reign on earth for a thousand years. They call that the millennial reign. Who's heard of that? And Jesus is going to reign on earth for a thousand years and in that thousand years, the devil's in the bottomless pit and he's falling, falling. Ah, I'm in the bottomless pit. <laughs> Where's the bottom? And he just keeps falling, 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 falling. And while this is happening, Jesus is ruling on earth among people and, and Satan's falling, 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 you know, screaming, ah, you know, um, all the way to the, you know, to, never to the bottom because there is no bottom. And then suddenly after a thousand years, Jesus whistles and says, get him back out, get, the, get the, the devil back out of the pit. And suddenly it's, it's like an elevator that stops and bounces and he like, hits his bounce and then suddenly an angel says, hey, come back. And he's like, a thousand worth, years worth of falling, he's, at, he's out and it says he's released from the bottomless pit. Now you think after a thousand years of falling, he'd have a bit of uh, time to think about who he really is, but he comes out and he wants to fight against God. And now you think that there's been all these people in the world for a thousand years without, the, without Satan's deception, without Satan's um, lies and, and uh, influence for a thousand years. That's a long time for the earth to kind of recover. But I think it, it displays in that time when he comes out um, that there is, a, there is a rebellion within people to reject God even though they've seen and, and lived in his goodness and his glory. But anyway, the, uh, we'll, we'll have a look at this. Um, a little more detail. Revelation uh, chapter 19 verses 11 to 13. Now Jesus is the rider described on the white horse. It says this, then I saw heaven open and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire and on his head were, were many crowns. A name was written on them that no one could understand except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood and his title was the word of God. We know this is Jesus. It says in John chapter 1 that the word became flesh, the word was God, the word is God, the word was, was manifest in flesh and, and the, the word is Jesus. And when we talk about the word of God, it is Jesus Christ. And I guess the descriptions there is his robes dipped in blood. That's, that's uh, the, the, the sacrificial blood of Jesus upon the cross. And we realize, again, it's Jesus. So we, we have no mistake who the rider of the white horse is. It's Jesus. Now, it gets really interesting. Uh, Revelation 19, 19. Then I saw the beast. That's the one who was falling out for a thousand years. Ah, he comes back out. Chains come off. And, he, and instead of thinking, you know, I'm going to worship God now. I'm going to repent of my craziness he says i'm going to take you on again god i want to have a war with you and what's worse he suddenly gets a whole you know whole lot of people who say let's go to war and let's let's evict god from the earth how crazy it says this then i saw the beast and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army i'll let, let you in on the tip they're not going to win you can't win. Doesn't matter what kind of weapons you have. Doesn't matter how many armies you gather. You'll never win a spiritual war against a spiritual God. They're doomed. 
So those that reject Jesus demand a war with God. Jesus, who was before creation of the world, has a plan to save the world rather than to war against it. Jesus didn't come and shed his blood upon the cross to to then have a war with the world. He wants to make the the world at peace with him. But it's a stubborn rebellion of, of, of our hearts, the heart of man that would reject the God that wants to save them. John chapter 5, verse 24. I tell you the truth. This is the, the, the angle that Jesus has for us. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. That, that eternal life we're talking about is not a timeline of life. It is, it is this, this living in an atmosphere of forever. Um, they will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. And I want to tell you, uh, as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to understand death. I think it's really, really sad when people in church face death and they are they're totally broken, totally consumed by grief. And I, I know people have left church because they say, well, you know, why did they let this loved one in my family die when we were believing they'd be healed? You know something? You've got to have a, a perspective that life and death go together, but death is the gateway to eternity. Until Jesus comes back and takes out the church in the, in the, on the last day in our resurrection of the dead, then if, if we're alive at that time, it says we'll be caught up with Jesus in the air. But until that time comes, if you die, that is a gateway for an eternal existence. So it's, and when you're born again, when you have Jesus Christ as your saviour, when you've asked Jesus to deal with your sin and rebellion against God, you can be sure that you are born again to an eternal destiny. That's what we're here for. This is, this is not a, some strange, crazy, um, um, left-of-center kind of uh, Christian doctrine. This is the doctrine of every Christian church. It's what the Word of God's all about. I think it's you know, really unusual that people go, oh, that's, we don't preach that stuff in our church. That's the very fundamentals of the, of the Bible. It's what Jesus wants us to know. It's what Jesus came for. So Jesus explains from death to life, from death to life. Death is an entry to eternity. Just remember that, death to life. I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life, they will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. That's deeper than than it sounds. Maybe you need to go home and read that to yourself and start saying, Jesus, help me to understand from death to life. And uh, we, can, we can easily explain this and say, well, we're talking about death, as in death from my old nature, my old world, you know, and we're, we're keeping it in the line of time. But we're going outside of time. We're going into eternal perspective, which I can't explain. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated not being able to explain eternal concepts that, that, that make sense to us in our physical sense having your sin forgiven and your heart right with God is what Jesus wants Romans 5 verse 21 so just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death now God's wonderful grace rules instead giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord again we're hearing the same themes coming back Luke 12, verse 35 and 36 in the Living Bible. 
be prepared, all dressed and ready. That's where I've got the title of my message, all dressed up and somewhere to go. Be dressed, oh, sorry, be prepared, all dressed and ready, verse 36, for your Lord's return uh, from the wedding feast, then you'll be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. See, one thing is certain, Jesus is returning for his church and the world will come to its end. The world will come to a conclusion. But Jesus' appeal to the world, Jesus' appeal to the church is be dressed and ready for his return. Let's be all dressed and ready for somewhere to go. There's one thing to be saying, well, I'm all dressed and ready, but there's nowhere to go. I want to encourage you today, be dressed and ready because we have somewhere to go. We have an eternal somewhere to go. So, you know, I used to live my life very reckless and thinking, well, I've got plenty of time to work stuff out. I'll just get my life ready someday down in the future. I'll deal with some issues. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with all those things, but not yet. I want to encourage you today, if you're living in that place, don't wait for, for, for next. Start to let Jesus have your life today and you'll never regret one hour of your life from now on as you give yourself willingly for Jesus to, to serve him and find your place in the house of God, in the kingdom of God. But one thing is certain is Jesus is returning for the church and this world will be ending. So be dressed and ready. Nobody ought to miss the opportunity to be right with God because Jesus makes it possible. I'm just going to ask the musicians to come and join me. Um, again, I will get you to sing. So, so um, Mark and Penny, think of something we can sing. Um, I missed that in the first service, but we'll, we'll do it this time. Isaiah 30, uh, 53, verse 5 and 6. I want you to see the, the eternal in this passage. Isaiah 53, verse 5 and 6. Because this is talking about what happened to Jesus a few thousand years or so before Jesus came. Describes it exactly because it's, it's he who was, who is, and is to come. And right throughout the Bible, we see these things that we go, well, how, do, how does this all match up? How do these prophecies come together? Because God foresees future in a way that we don't understand. Isaiah 53 says this, but he was pierced for our rebellion. And, and hopefully you, you understand who that he is. It's Jesus. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him, Jesus, the sins of us all. That's the gospel message right there. That we deserve the punishment. We deserve to be uh, guilty before God. But Jesus came at a junction of eternity in our timeline and said, I'll step in and take the penalty for them. You know, if, if you've ever been guilty of something, it's amazing to have someone stand up and take the penalty for your guilt. And in this most important area of our eternity, Jesus steps in. And we've got to realize that we don't deserve that. We didn't do anything. A, a, a big problem with a lot of religious thinking in church is people think, well, to be a good Christian, to be a believer in Jesus, it's all about my behavior modification. 
but what it actually is is life transformation from Jesus doing for us on the inside what we can never do by behavior I mean I, I know Jesus wants our behavior to reflect him it's not like just let's be crazy all the time but we don't we don't win our salvation through behavior modification it's through a heart transformation from the power of the Holy Spirit when we say Jesus will you forgive me will you cleanse me will you change me will you be my Lord I want to serve your ways not my ways anymore that's the heart and soul of this message but we can put our trust in Jesus if we could just close our eyes today it's really important there may be some people here today that you've never had the opportunity or perhaps you've done it before and you've thought I've wandered away from Jesus today you can return to him and be sure of your eternal future and perhaps today if you're ready for that you could uh, raise your hand and say I want to accept Jesus today something spoke to me in this message and I want to give my life to Jesus if that's you you can just raise your hand and I'll see it as personal between you and God and me that you just give me a wave or give me a sign saying hey I want to get right with Jesus right now it's okay there's no one here today who, who wants to take that step but what we're going to do is I'm going to run through a prayer that we pray here in this church we're not going to pray it today but we're going to have put that on the screen for us. And I just want to explain to you why we do this, because it's, it's a first step for someone who knows nothing about God to make their way back to Him. And so the Bible speaks in Romans that we need to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart and we'll be saved. Jesus spoke about being born again of the Spirit. Now, eternal things, we, only, we are only enter into eternity by being born again in a spiritual way. So... We start with this prayer that we believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. So we're, we're realizing, we're putting our faith in Jesus when we declare that. And we ask that you forgive me. That's called repenting. That's called, I, I've done wrong and I ask that you forgive me. Um, I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. That's talking about saying, you are now Lord. You are now the master. It's no longer me, but you're my master. Today I'm born again, that, that, that's a declaration saying it's no longer I that live anymore. I want to live for Jesus. I want to be a follower, a disciple of God. I trust my future into your hands. That's saying, Jesus, I'm not just living for now, I'm not living for what I can feel and see and touch, but I'm believing for an eternal future. And we pray all things in Jesus' name because that's our authority in heaven is Jesus. So when we pray a prayer to God, we do so in Jesus' name because He's the advocate. He's the one who stands before the Father and presents our prayers to God. So that's why we do that. So hopefully that makes sense to you today because we have, um, have had some confusion with people saying, oh, what's all this about? Uh, but it's a start point. It's for someone who is far away from God, it's helping them bring that connection in their life to, to the Heavenly Father. But every believer who's here today, I encourage you to be dressed and ready for service because the Lord is coming soon. Let's be all dressed up and somewhere to go as believers. Can I just pray and then um, we'll, we'll ask Kirsten to come and, and finish the service off. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray today that by your spirit, you may touch your people, that you may uh, bring us into 
a clearer understanding of what eternity is like. And we just pray today that you'll put something of the Spirit in each of us today, that we may begin to consider these things, understand these things, make our spirits open to, to greater levels of spiritual understanding, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Actually, before we ask Kirsten, we're, gonna, we're just going to sing. So if you can stand with me again, please, church. And we're going to sing this song. And um, as we do, worship is a great way to open our spirits to receive something and, and let it uh, uh, anchor in. So I just encourage you, as we worship, saying, Jesus, complete the work of this message in my life today so that I may take something with me greater and deeper than what I already know. And I believe that God will be faithful to that. So thanks, guys. Unless you come